Hello and welcome back to Not One of Your Little Friends. An unconventional conversation between mother and daughter about lifestyle, pop culture, and social issues. Hello and welcome back with your hosts this week, Sierra and Tanya Cross. Um, we're coming back to you guys this week. We have decided not to do the Black Girl Magic section and the um, social media BS section. We're just going to jump right into our topic today. <laughs> um, we have been, I guess, discussing over the past couple of weeks a lot of different stuff regarding the black agenda and um, what, I guess, what the black, what we feel like the black agenda should be, what it should look like, and that got us to discussing um, some more intricate things, and uh, one thing that came up a lot was, I guess, the differences or the disconnect between the older generation and the younger generation. Um, when I say older generation, I'm referring to like the baby boomers generation. Um, for people my age and I'm 24, that's like your grandparents or depending on how old they are, but most times your grandparents or people, I guess, 70 and above. Yeah, I would say 70. Yeah. Um, and because I just, from my experience, I don't necessarily understand the ideology that people in that age group have sometimes. I don't see or, under, or don't understand why they can't connect certain things. Not necessarily connect certain things, but like, Just because of the era that they went through with growing up during the civil rights and being in either like elementary school, middle school, or high school during that that stage between, I guess you would say, what do you think the, what would you that timeline be? Like the rise of the civil rights movement yeah. to the implementation of the civil rights movement. But then like again, the right. But then again, you have to keep in mind that just because laws are passed, it takes a while for the implementation of those laws to actually take effect as well, too. So we really haven't been that far into as far as number of years of the implementation. Yeah, but um, one of them, okay, one of the main things that started the conversation. Now, you call, let me ask this question and clarify, because I know we looked this up today. I'm Generation X, right? My yes. age group. Okay. You want to share your age range? Oh, yeah, my age. I am 49. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of how old I am. So I'm 49. So I'm Generation X. And I'm a part of the Millennial Generation. And so Grandma's Generation, who you talked about in the introduction, is the Baby Boomer Boomers. Generation. Okay, okay, okay. I just want to clarify. Um, But recently, I don't know, 
I've been a lot more active on Facebook this past week or so, honestly. Because normally I'll just go on Facebook and I'll read stuff and, and repost, repost and stuff and share <laughs> stuff. But, like, I don't actually, like... Engage? Yeah. For some reason this week I decided to engage. <laughs> and it was... It wasn't a bad experience. It was just, like... It just left me asking, but why, though? <laughs> it left you asking more questions. But that that's a part of engagement, though. A part of engagement is being, like, sharing your views, sharing your point of view, um, with hopefully being enlightened and an enlightener, you know, just um, providing people a different perspective and another perspective. So engagement, like you say, isn't always bad. It can be a a positive experience. But with social media, one thing you have to keep in mind, you have to be able to agree to disagree. Civilly. I guess. <laughs> but um <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Some things okay, yeah. I can agree to disagree with you on, but when some some things you can't agree to disagree with people on. Some things you can, but some things you can't. Wrong is wrong and right is right. But anyways. Right, but being wrong and right, you can agree. It's still the same thing. You agree to disagree. You're not going to see the same point of view. You're not going to agree with that person. Because sometimes right is based on perspective. And wrong is based on perspective as well. So you have to keep that in mind too. I guess. But anyway. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm being the mother now. Ain't I? Okay, let me turn my mother. <laughs> one of the issues that I decided to engage in was um, a post that was talking about um, the black agenda and what that should look like. And in the comments, the conversation got geared towards the LGBTQ community and certain comments were made that I didn't necessarily agree with and it got me asking, okay, if this really is how people of other date age demographics are thinking like, I'm trying to find the right words. If that's how they thinking, how we supposed to come together? How am people from my age demographic supposed to feel and be heard if if that's the ideology going forward? Right. But I think for me personally, I think what's important is to to have that open dialogue, to have that conversation, um, just as you know the babe the baby boomer age is able to educate us. The millennials can offer you know a form of education as well, and I think. 
with that open dialogue and with that conversation, I think what those two generations will learn that you actually have more similarities than you do in differences. Because just like you think about it, a conversation, we had invited Sierra's grandmother to be a part of this conversation and today. And she said no! And <laughs> broke my heart. She opted out of being in the conversation. She didn't feel comfortable uh, being recorded and being on recording. And we had to respect that. But she did agree to um, talk with us. We asked her a few questions about her experience growing up in um, a segregated America and what that was like. So she was able to offer a lot of insight based on some of the questions that we we asked her. But, but before we even get to that part, <laughs> I want... Okay, earlier you said that if there's an open dialogue and conversation, we'll realize that we have more things in common. I don't feel like the converse, the open, the opportunity for an open conversation is there because they don't want to listen to us and hear what we got to say. Not all of them, but a good bit of them aren't that receptive to new ideas and new ways of thinking because this is how it's always been done and this is how it's just going to be. I mean, but in all fairness, in any group, um, age group or age range, you going to have people in that, with that type of mindset and with that type of mind frame. Um, I don't think that's just exclusive to the baby boomers. I mean, you can, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's millennials that. I'm just saying, in order for that, it to be a conversation, both sides have to be open. And if one side isn't open, how are you going to have a conversation? Well, you're just going to have to find people to dialogue with and to engage with who are open. Just like grandma was very open, I felt like when we had the conversation with her and be, I think she was very receptive in hearing you out and what you had to say and your perspective. So maybe it's just a matter of finding the right people to have the conversation with instead of the conversation can't be had. Okay. Um, but... One of the um, the things that I guess kept coming up when we were talking about the black agenda and what's best for us was the fact that, not the fact, but the question of whether or not integration was actually a good thing for us or not. And for me, I don't know, I'm half and half on it. Because because I know my history and what what was and what is now, I know that it helped. But I also know that in some ways it kind of held us back and didn't help. 
So I'm like half and half on the situation or how I feel about it or whether or not it was good or if it was bad. Because I can see the arguments for why it was good, but I can also see the arguments for why it was bad. And why do you feel like it was good? What is one of your reasons why you feel like it was good? I think it was it was good because it opened doors that needed to be opened as far as having black leadership in in government. I feel like that was one of the the airways to which we got more black um government officials. Um, I feel like it gave us more access to different things in different ways that we didn't have before. Um, like, it gave us a, a opportunity, I don't know, to, I guess, grow outside of what we already had. But at the same time, we grew out, we grew out of, outside of what we already had, but we kind of left behind what we already had at the same time. Which is, I don't think, was necessarily a good thing. I don't feel like that should have been left behind. Right. But, I mean, we've always had people of color in government. Um, shout out to the film um, Wilmington on Fire um, about the Wilmington, North Carolina coup that occurred because it was too many people of color um, in leadership. It was too many people of color um, that was progressing um, and being very profitable economically and powers that be found that to be a threat. And that was in the 1800s. I understand that, but that was just in... It I'm not saying it was just in Wilmington. Like, yes, it happened a lot, a lot in a lot of places across the United States. But at the same time, like I feel like that was on a, I guess a regional or local scale. I feel like the civil rights opened up things to be expanded on a national scale, and not just in the little different hubs of where we had thriving communities right but even but with segregation there were thriving communities everywhere because we had no choice but to have a thriving community because we was only dependent on each other and one another like even here in Salisbury as small as a town it was I mean, we had our own black physicians, doc, um, you know, funeral homes, um, shops, grocery stores, things like that, where that, that African-American community was economically dependent upon itself because of segregation. And with integration, that community and that economic that empowerment that, was lost. But do you think that was because of segregation or do you think that was because that was out of out of I guess 
I want to come up with a better word, but this is the first one that came out of my. I guess out of fear that we. Uh, I can't get my words together. <laughs> it it was a necessity. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, like it wasn't an option because that's because, what I'm saying. Like we had it was it was that way because we had to do it that way. Do you think that if they were presented with a different option of doing things that they wouldn't have done in a different way? So you saying that if we were treated equal and as equal segregation wouldn't it existed. Yeah. And that was that's what you're trying to say. So if 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 America Well okay. I don't think that's not a feasible option because America was built on having the underclass. So I don't think there was another option. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that your idea and what you presented, I don't think it was was feasible. It wasn't an option. They had to depend on We had, as a community, we had to depend on each other and one another because of basically the cards we had been dealt. There was no other option. This was our reality. Okay, but what I'm saying is I feel like the civil rights gave us other options. So, in that sense, it was a good thing because it gave us other options that we weren't used to having or it gave us more access to options and not... Like, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Much pushback. We definitely still got pushback, right. but it it wasn't as hard as it would have been if we didn't have those things in place, like all the bills that got passed, like the um, equal rights bill. I mean, the, I, I understand. I see what you're saying, but in the same token, I see it being detrimental to the black community as well because that dependence on one another um was no longer there but i think we coming back to that we i think everything is coming full circle because now there's a movement to um support black owned business there's a movement for black economic development and I think there's a shift and we're coming back to that because I think collectively as a community what we realizing that and with our experience um that if anybody's going to be concerned about us and our needs it got to be us and if anybody's going to take care of our needs it got to be us um because our past experience with the systems that be hasn't been um, supportive. So you think that that should be a part of the black agenda is to support one another? Yeah, definitely. So what does that support look like, though? Is that that support just economically? Is that support in other ways? Well, for me, um, the way I service... um, my local black community or my online black community 
is through economic, economic development, economic support, um, supporting black um, businesses, equipping them with the tools and resources they need to sell and be successful. But that's not the only way or only things that need to be done. Um, I think about the Black Panther movement and the ways they serve the African um, American community. They have food banks. Um, so I think that's another aspect of um, um, farming, um, sustainability, um, as far as providing food, growing food, um, and making sure our community have fresh food, um, garden-grown food. Uh, the other aspect that the Black Panthers That's another provided. thing I've been seeing a lot more articles about is people growing, well, Black people growing their own food. Right. Um, I think we should support Black farmers and their efforts um, in educating our community about sustainability as far as our food source and providing for ourselves from that perspective. Um, another thing that the Black Panther Party did was they provided um, medical services. They had health clinics um, within their communities. Um, we have black doctors, we have black pharmacists, we have black dentists, we have black professionals in the medical field that could provide those services um, for our communities um, and the, the other thing they did was educate they had schools um, for the african-american communities that they serve and i think those are three key components um, that we should focus on collectively as far as progressing what was those three components again because you just said a lot Okay. I got one of, one of them was education. I know that. One of them was education. One of them was um, health and wellness. And the first one I mentioned was food. So. That, that, don't that go along with health and wellness? Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I guess because the Black Panther move, they had like a food bank and food pantry. And then they had. The well, what I got from what you just said was that <laughs> we need. But I'm just letting you know what I what I heard you say. Okay, that's fine. Because this is a good exercise. Because just because you're saying what you're saying don't mean everybody is receiving it the way that you intended to put it out. Okay. So we got to have conversations so I can tell you what I just heard you say. What did you so hear me say, What did you hear me say, Well, what I got, the three points would be education, supporting each other, financial Financially, as far as businesses businesses goes, and making sure our health and wellness is where it needs to be by growing your own food, eating better, and taking care of yourself. So you interpret me, right? See, that's it. Even though you're not one of my little friends, you feel me. Like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I guess that, that as a, to sum it all up, that's what, that's where we at with our black agenda and what it should look like. 
or be similar to? And and this is just our perspective. Like this is just me and Cece's perspective. I'm sure different people have different ideas of what that looks like and what it should look like. But I feel like still as individual individuals, everybody had a part. Just like I shared what I felt like my part was and what contributions I could make, you know, towards building up the... So what happens like when these differences have people at odds? How do you still have unity when you have people who do things differently? Like, for example, everybody was in a, in arms about Jay-Z um, and his partnership with the NFL. And different people had different perspectives and different ways that they thought he should go about doing things. Like, how do you still have unity when you do have a lot of different people in the community with different perspectives? I, I think the way you have unity is going back to our initial point that I, I made. It's okay to agree to disagree. Uh, but in agreeing to disagree, you need to be respectful. And when I say respectful, um, you can't try to shame that man for doing what he did or to shame Jay-Z for doing what he did, the way he did it, or how he did it. What he did is what he done. In a story. He can't go back. He can't change it. Um, but a lot of people, what a lot of, a lot of times people disagree with things they don't understand. Uh, I don't think anybody fully understands Jay-Z objective and what he was trying to do, but Jay-Z and Beyonce mm -hmm. and Blue Ivy. <laughs> I think they all know, but at the end of the day, I think we should just wait and see how everything unfolds um, and hope, you know, don't hope for someone's downfall. Don't hope for someone not to be successful. Um, I don't think, but we I should. I don't think people were hoping for necessarily hoping for his downfall. Cause I mean, when I heard about it, I ain't gonna lie. I look kind of looked at it sideways because I'm in my mind. I'm like, okay, if our goal is to essentially uplift black people and make things better for black people and you saying that's what you're doing by doing what you're doing like I don't know I just feel like on the surface it didn't explicitly read what he said he was trying to do and that's why a lot of people looked at it sideways right because we don't know the details of the agreement. I don't think we know the details of the agreement yet or what the agenda is. Um, that's why I say we should just wait and see. We should just wait and see. Um, let 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 things play out and, and make a decision and make a call then. I think it's too premature 
for us to be judging was this the right decision or was this the wrong decision at this point? Hmm. But then at the same time, it's a... Yeah, we don't know the details of what exactly is going on and what's at play, but there is a certain way to do things and handle things, and I don't think a lot of people agreed with the way that he went about handling things. So what So what do people disagree with as far as how he handled it? Because you had to bring me up to speed. See, from, you know, I have I mean, been like, up this is just from what social I media have, lately. I mean, th- that's this is just from what I observed from not just social media, but listening to different podcasts and watching different YouTube videos about the situation and different people's opinions. And maybe I'm looking at it wrong or differently. But what I got from it is a lot of people felt like he should have somehow included Colin Kaepernick in the in the process because this was a man who sacrificed a lot for the greater good of black people and to bring awareness to a situation, not a situation like to bring awareness to a lot of tragedies that happen on a daily for us, and we hear about it on a daily because when something happens, everybody know because of social media. One and two because that's just how black people operate. If something happened. It get told to somebody else, that person told somebody else, that person right. told somebody else, that person told somebody else. And then everybody know. Right. But, and I understand, because I, I also heard, okay, well, Kaepernick already got his payout, and da 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 I understand that. I get that. But at the same time, like, he, from what I understand, what he got was back pay for the years that he wasn't playing football. And I honestly feel like that's something that should have been given to him anyway. Like, that wasn't an added bonus to me. That's something that he deserved because of everything that happened. Because of how he was treated. So, moving forward, we should still be doing things if we dealing with with the NFL because all of this happened in that arena. Right. I feel like we should be dealing with the NFL with a from a distance. Yeah. Okay. Because I understand, okay, yeah, we got to make this money and do what we got to do to uplift our people. I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, you know how these people operate. You clearly saw it and see it. You can make your money some another way. another way, but like you said, we don't know what's going on. Right. So, and that, and honestly, because of who it is and the track record that he has, and all the things that I've seen him do for us to uplift us as a community and as a culture, I'm willing to be like, okay, 
this this is not looking all the way right, but I'm going to trust that you know what you're doing. But I could see how some people would be upset at the same right, time. Right, right. And, and, and it still goes back to what we said initially. Everybody has their role, and everybody has a different role, but ultimately the end game is the same, to uplift the culture, to uplift the African-American community. And just like um, the football player, you said uh, he should have included, um, what's his name? Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, yes. You see, you know I can't pronounce people's names. <laughs> uh, I was trying to get you to help me okay. out. <laughs> Kaepernick, um, including him in it, but... He he did his part, and he's still doing his part through his organizations, through right. his foundations. That's his part yeah. in uplifting the culture and the African-American community and making sure people are aware of our plight and what we're experiencing and what we're going through. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z's role is, is a different role, but it's still... The uplifting the culture, yeah. Up, so everybody has their own role. Everybody has their own thing. Everybody has their own area of expertise and yeah. and ways they can work and get the job done. I think it's just a matter of identifying for yourself, for yourself personally, what role can I play? What can I do personally? to uplift the African-American community, to uplift the black culture. And I think that's what people should be focusing on, not what everybody else is doing and how they doing it and how they should be doing it. But you need to be asking yourself, what am I doing to elevate the community? Because you putting down another man's um, role and what he's doing and how he's doing it is not helping the culture. That's causing divide and divisiveness. But at the same time, you want to make sure everybody on the same page too. But that's just it. Everybody's not gonna be on the same page because everybody. If everybody ultimately has the same goal, everybody should be on the same page. Yeah, I see. Come on, Mom. no, that's <laughs> not gonna be possible for everybody to be on the same page and everybody have a different role because the process of people getting there is gonna be different. The process of going from point A to point B is going to be different, number one, depending on the person, number two, depending on what their agenda is. And That's what I'm saying. The, everybody the should be on the same page as far as the agenda. Everybody should be on the same page as far as the end product. That's the way I feel. I feel like everybody should be on the same page as the end product, and the end product should be uplifting the culture, uplifting the black community how you get there is on is on you and how you feel is best to do it okay. that's that's me that's just me that's just I mean, your mama. That yeah because I'm i don't want to i don't want to dictate to people how their role how their responsibilities should look because i don't feel like that's my place you True. see what I'm saying? That's not my place to decide how, you know, your contribution should look and what, how, 
what steps you need to take to get there. That's not for me to decide. True. Ooh. Ooh, this is a good conversation to see. Ah, girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We was a little bit all over the place. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Yeah, we didn't know how we was going to narrow this down for our audience. We was really at a loss as to what angle we should take and what we should talk about. But we felt like it was important that we share our point of view with our audience, like how we felt about this and what it looked like for us. And yeah. as always, comment down below what you feel as though the black agenda should look like, what it should include, what those key foundations should be. Yeah. Um, but and share, share, definitely share, share. like, comment. Um, and thank y'all for y'all support. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback from our listeners saying that y'all like the conversations we have been. But uh, but like Sierra said in the beginning, you know, this was a heavy um, topic for both of us. And we wanted to dedicate our entire time and conversation to this. But we'll get back to our Black Girl Magic segment, social media BS segment on the next go-around when we come to you guys. But thank you guys for your support. We truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, and continue to share, um, comment wherever you see a post. And um, we're hoping y'all liking our graphics we've been creating um, to promote our podcast and get the word out. Thank you. You still want to give your shout out? Oh yeah, we lost. Um, it's a sad fa- shout out. It's a sad. It's a shout yeah, out we lost our family um, pet. Um, cheesecake. R.I.P. Cheesecake. Yes, he was our cockapoo, um, which was our family member. But he had a long life. He had a good life. 2009 to 2019. Yeah. So that's like 15. No, he lived for 15 years. Is that right? I don't know. Y'all do the math for us. (laughs) Yeah. But he lived a long life. He lived beyond his life expectancy. But, um, yeah. He's in doggy heaven now, but um, he was very um, important to us. And, and to he cared family. about the black agenda. Yeah. <laughs> and you should too. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you in, in two the weeks. Next-